fiddler in the trial. The East Mainland Parish of Dearness is held on to the rest of the mainland with nothing more than a thin strip of sand. But on that strip of sand there is a big mound called Dingshawi. Now there was once a fiddler called Tam Bichon. He was the finest fiddler in all of the parish of Dearness. In fact, folk said he was the finest fiddler in all of Orkney. Whenever there was a muckle supper or a wedding or any celebration, Tam Bichon and his fiddle was the first to be invited. Now one day he went down to the shore at Dingishawi to play the fiddle. And this was a kind of a foolhardy thing to do for two reasons. The first was that he was on the piece of sand between high and low water, which is neither one thing or another. It's not a part of the land, it's not a part of the sea. So it's a place where supernatural creatures have a great deal of power. Also, it was Chonsmas. It was midsummer. And midsummer and midwinter is when the trows have their most power. Now he stood there playing just for the sheer pleasure of playing. When he noticed that he wasn't alone, because there was a pity man walking towards him, no bigger than a five-year-old, but the funniest-looking five-year-old he'd ever seen. He had long flowing grey hair and long grey beard and moustache, big bushy eyebrows and dark twinkling mischievous little eyes. And Tam knew that this must be a trowel. He went over to Tam and he says, That's good playing there, Tam. Thank you, said Tam. Didn't seem strange to him at all that the trowel knew his name. He said, I'll tell you what, says the trowel. Planning to have a party tonight to celebrate the midsummer. Would you come and play for me? Aye, I'll come and play for you, he said. So he followed the trow up the beach, and they went up to the big mound at Dingshawi. And there on the side of the mound was a door, wide open. They went in through the door, and down a long tunnel, down, down, deep into the heart of the mound. And when they reached the chamber in the centre of it, there was just a big empty room with nothing but a barrel sitting at one end of it. Set yourself up on the barrel, said the trow, and I'll get you a dram. Would you like a heather ale, he said. Oh, wouldn't say no. So he pulled the bung out the barrel, and he poured them a big cogful of heather ale, and gave to him. Now Tam took a drink of that, and oh, it was the best thing he'd ever tasted. And then he started to feel himself tingling. His toes tingled, and his fingers tingled, and his nose tingled, and maybe other bits of him tingled as well, but it's not that kind of story. And so Tam started to play, and oh, he'd never played better in his life. The music just flowed out of that fiddle like fine wine. It was heavenly. And the trow started to dance, and all his friends that had come in from other mounds about hands and all, they were dancing and huchin' and drinking heather ale and having a high old time. And Tam played and drank all night long. It was a wonderful party.
But eventually the trow started to wander out and go back home, and Tam was feeling tired. And he said, I think it's time, Mum. I was off now. Well, thank you for coming and playing for us, said the trow. It's wonderful. He turned around and started to head up that big long passageway back to the outside world. And the trow says to him, Remember this, you're always welcome here any time you want. Just remember to bring your fiddle with you. So Tam walked up the long tunnel and he came out of the mound and into the cold light of dawn. And he yawned and stretched. And he looked behind him and there was nothing the left of a door there at all. There was just the grass blowing on the side of the mound. So he started to walk for home. And as he was going, he started to notice that things weren't quite right. There was a hoose up there where there hadn't been a hoose before. And that place looked different. And did they have a haystack there yesterday? But he thought, well, I'm tired and I've had a fair bit of heather ale. It'll look a lot better in the morning. So he turned up the road that led down to his hoose. And then he got the shock of his life, because there in front of him stood the ruins of the hoose that he lived in with his mother. There was no glass in the window, there was no thatch on the roof. He went in and he shouted to his mother, but there was no answer. He wandered around aimlessly along the road until he met a young boy, and he said to him, What happened to that hoose there, and what happened to the old woman that lived in it? And the boy says, I've no idea. You'd better come back and ask me further. So he followed the boy up to another house. And as he walked through the door, there was an elderly man sitting at the table. And he was just having a cup of tea and a wee bite to eat for his breakfast. And when he seen Tam, his face went as white as a sheet. And he dropped the piece he was eating. And he said, Tam Bichet, is that you, boy? Yes said Tam. But I'm sorry, I, I don't know who you are. Don't you recognise me, he says. I'm Andrew Deldy. Nah, you can't be Andrew Deldy. You're far too old. Me too old, he says. <laughs> Tam, I'm thinking that you're too young. You mean too young? You've been away for a while. No, I've not. I've only been away for a night. Ah, no, it's been longer than a night. Now, let me think... It was fourteen years and a day ago since we last seen you. You were heading off down to the shore with your fiddle at Dingeshowie, and you never came back. And we searched. We thought you must have fallen in the sea. We searched the shore. We waited to see if your body would be washed up, but it never was. And your mother, poor old body that she was, she was a, she was in good health, and so. After that, she just got into a decline, and she died, and the hoose was never relet. so there was a gale, and the thatch was blown off the roof, and the windows gid, and but now here you are, back, and not looking a day older than when he left, they said the very cap on his head was the same. Well, news spread like wildfire that Tam and the fiddle player, was back. And folk asked him to go and play at weddings and muckle suppers, but he would never play in public again. But sometimes folk said that they could hear him 
picking strange tunes on his fiddle when he thought there was nobody around to hear. But he never settled in back with normal life again. And one day he was seen heading off down to the shore at Dingeshawi with his fiddle in his hand. He never came back. But they do say that if you go down there to that big mound at Dingeshawi at midsummer and you listen closely to the side of the mound you can hear the sound of a fiddle playing and a party in full swing. Now if you think that story seems a wee bit familiar and you're thinking about the Washington Irving story Rip Van Winkle well it might come as a surprise to you it won't to some folk, but to a lot of you outside Orney it'll come as a surprise to hear that Washington Irvin's father, William Irvin, came for Orney. He came for the island of Sharpensee. So I wonder whether young Washington was told bedtime stories for back home in Orney about trows and folk going into mounds and coming out years later. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> 